0: The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings, who are entirely responsible for its content. Sorry, guys. You are on your own. Welcome back, everybody, to the Federal Football Report, fifteen hundred AM Federal News Network. The day after the game, uh, like you're hearing it right now on fifteen hundred AM, and anywhere where you find you find podcasts, you can get it. Uh, you know, Google Podcast, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, all those other uh, kind of places, Apple Podcast as well. I'm Claude Jennings, no Kevin Stanfield, by the way. Uh, this episode, just Claude Jennings. I will have a special guest joining me for a segment in this show. You heard us talk about him a lot on the podcast and on the radio show, and we'll have him join me a little bit later. Uh, But yeah, you just get me today. Uh, You know, we were going to work out something with our Giants uh, correspondent, Rodney Henderson, to join me uh, on the show. But, you know, my schedule is so crazy with broadcasting and other things that, you know, I didn't want to jerk Rodney around. Like, hey, what about this time? What about that time? What about this time? See, I can jerk Kevin around because I don't respect his time. Or anything else he has to do. but I respect Rodney's time. And so I didn't want to jerk Rodney around about, hey, I can't do it now. Can you do it here? I can't do it then. Can you do it this time? Uh, And so just decided to roll solo. But we'll have Rodney on uh, uh, again. But basically, here's the deal with Kevin. So Kevin's birthday. I don't know when exactly his birthday, um, his actual birthday. But on October 16th, uh, we celebrated his birthday with a brunch at uh, Law Society. It's this uh, uh, spot in uh, Northwest D.C. right off 14th and U, and it was a rooftop spot. Now, if that sounds like a fancy place to have a birthday celebration, understand this. Um, Kevin didn't plan it. His wife and his three daughters planned it. And, you know, Kevin, he probably would have been fine with uh, a birthday thing at the house. And as a matter of fact, Kevin said to me, uh, "You know, he would have been fine with just one of these COVID nineteen drive through things, where he sits on the porch, he's got his feet kicked up, and he just waves at the people driving down the street." <laughs> <laughs> say hello to him. He'd have been fine with that. But, you know, his, his wife and his daughters, uh, they weren't going to have it. And that grandbaby, by the way, she wasn't going to have it either. And let me say this, Kevin, great man and, and married to a wonderful woman, you know, Maria and three great daughters and, uh, and his granddaughter, uh, man, she's following suit Two Strong personality. I got a chance to meet her at the birthday, um, party for Kevin and they weren't going to let him get away with it what they were not going to let him get away with it. They, you can tell that they have strong personalities and they are going to do what they want to do. And he just has to go along with it. And so he went along with it, but he's not still recovering from the birthday party, which is not why he's with us today. And, and and he's not like still partying, which is why he's not with us today. He's actually in Las Vegas. And he talked about this uh on the previous show that he's going to go to, to Las Vegas with uh, one of he's had a cousin. He has a cousin and his cousin, was with him at the birthday party who was born just, I think he said one hour, maybe two hours or something like that. Like born on the same day that he was born at the same age. And he is going to Vegas with his cousin. Um, I believe, uh, you know, his wife is going and other family members. But the point is, is that Kevin right now is in Las Vegas. Uh, he was texting me this morning. He's thinking about thinking about you, uh, Federal Football Report family members uh, here, those who faithfully listen to the, listens to the show. He wishes he could be with you. And, you know, and, and, and that's kind of just the sentiment. Because, you know, you can say, I wish that I was with you. But if you wished it, you you would actually do it even from Las Vegas, but, so, but the point is he's having fun. Now I'm I'm joking around. I joke around a lot. I joke around a lot because Kevin jokes around a lot, and so yeah, uh, I'm sure you know the only place he'd rather be than with us doing this show is in Las Vegas, and so but he did text me some thoughts about the Washington football team and the Washington football team's game against the Kansas city chiefs and all things burgundy and gold. And so I'm going to share some of those text messages uh, with you here on the federal football report. Um, and, but, but, but I'll kind of want to start with a rant um, this week. And I know it probably feels like we do this every week and it's been this way for the last two to three years, but he, here's the thing about the Washington football team. I don't even want to, you know, listen, if you want to analyze the game, go right ahead. If you wanna analyze the lost, go ahead. If you wanna analyze the season up to this point, go right ahead. If you want to talk about Chase Young and only having, you know, one sack or maybe one and a half sacks now, two sacks now, uh, but you know, not really, you know, from what people's expectation was of him coming into the season, go right ahead. If you want to talk about the defense and the defensive struggles, especially with the defensive line and it seemed like, go, go, go ahead. If you want to talk about the linebackers and the linebackers, you know, uh, the linebacking play, go right ahead. The secondary, you know, being beat all the time, go right ahead. If you want to talk about the the drama at the quarterback situation about drama. I mean, you have Heineke and and, 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 and towards the end of the year, playing very well in the playoffs against uh Tampa Bay, but then bring Ryan Fitzpatrick in. He's a starter. He can start. if you want to do that, go right ahead, whatever you want to do, go ahead, go right ahead. We're not going to do that on this show. Just not going to do it. Here's, here's the line, plain and simple. They're not a good team. That's it. That's it. We listen. We could spend the next hour if you want to, and not even if you want. If I wanted to, because I'm hosting the show by myself today. If, if 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 we wanted to, we could we we could spend time breaking down. You know, because Kevin wanted to do this. Jack Del Rio defensive coaching scheme. Let's break down the defensive coaching. Scheme. We could do that. We could break down how come the pressure from the line isn't get... And I've said it before, the line is getting pressure, but it's not making a difference or whether they're actually getting pressure. We could talk about why Montez Sweat is on the sidelines and crucial rush situations. I saw several situations this past game against Kansas city, where chase young is sitting there on the sidelines. And I'm wondering, wait a minute. And I think there was a point where it was five minutes left in the third quarter. The game is close. And I'm, and I'm trying to figure out why is chase young on the sidelines for first and second down. You know, against a team that you know is going to pass the ball, Kansas City's a passing team. Uh, we can we can do all that. We can do secondary play. We can do the whole thing, you know, uh, 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 about uh, Landon Collins and, and, and you know, why he's not be- We can do that. But it's pointless. The point is, they're not a good team. The team's just not good. They're not good, and that and it is what it is and and i I understand the fan base. I talk all the time about the fan base and the the weird and crazy expectations and how passionate the fan base is. You know listen, there are a few fan bases in the National Football League that I think at its core or at least a majority of the fans you know that 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 are just what football's all about. I think Green Bay's got it, I think Pittsburgh's got it. I think Philadelphia's got it. Um, I would say New York, but I really feel like when it comes to New York, you also have the Yankees and other things. And so I, I think there's just other stuff at play there in New York. Um, but when you look at the Washington football team's fan base, and I grew up here in, in, in this city, um, in, in, in D.C., uh, grew up right there in northeast. Uh, if you know where Michigan Avenue and North Capitol Street meets Meet. If you go one street closer uh, to the capital, uh, away from Washington Hospital Center, there's Gerard Street. That's where I grew up, 22 Girard Street, Northeast D.C., uh, zip code 2002. That was the house that I grew up in, so I know what's going on with this team, know about the city right there in Northeast. And let me tell you something. The fan base is loyal. The fan base loves the team. The fan. You can always find a Washington football team fan who no matter what the previous year was or expectations coming into the, into the current year, you can always find a Washington football team fan who thinks this team is going to the Super Bowl. You can always find one, period. Okay. So, so the fan base super loyal, but let me tell you something. The team is just not that good. They're just not. There's. Is anybody shocked at the fact that they lost to the Chiefs? Now, normally I listen to our guy Scott Jackson and my guy Fred Smoot uh, in the post game show. Um, but I didn't this past Sunday, I didn't listen to the post game show, uh, on the uh, flagship station for the Washington football team broadcast in you know, the last few years, I worked with those guys, man. And so I love listening to Scott Jackson and Fred Smoot. They're really entertaining. So when you get a moment, listen to those guys right after the game to hear what Fred Smoot's got to say, to hear what Scott Jackson's got to say, but more importantly, to hear what people from the city has to say. I mean, they got guys like rare Lou guys like Rev T. You know who who check in. You know Sabah, who's in North Carolina. uh, Fans who check in and they and they give their opinion. And and this is where I get you know this this I won't say rage, but this fire from uh, because there are so many people who have unrealistic expectations of this team year after year after year. And I'm just sitting here like, who's surprised? Who and I get it. Disappointed in the way that they played. It's not that they lost to the Chiefs. It's the way that they played. Oh, they were leading at halftime. Oh, they're not a good team. I did this two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. I said, it wasn't time to panic. If you looked at the team and you saw the schedule and you were a realistic fan that you would look at this team and say, okay, after four, I can see two and uh, two and uh, two and two after five games, I could see two and three. I'm not sure who, after seeing this team be two and three would think that they would beat the the Kansas City Chiefs and all of a sudden be you know uh be uh three and three or three and four or whatever that <laughs> the record would be I thought that they would lose to the Chiefs so again no reason to panic but that's not because I think that they're a good team okay I so he, here's and we've got to go back to last year Here, here's why this matters you got to go back to last year the Washington Football Team wins the NFC East. They go to the the, the playoffs. Uh, they get a home game, which is ridiculous because they, sh- as a seven and nine t- team, even though they're a division winner, they shouldn't get a home game. The NFL needs to change that. The NFL needs to needs to after the playoffs are set, reseed everyone. Who cares who wins the division? Reseed everyone based on your record, right? If they would have done that, the Washington Football Team wouldn't have had a home game. But one way or the other, they, they win the NFC East. With a seven and nine record, and it it, it it set the Washington football team up for unrealistic expectations. And again, you've got a fan base, and by the way, you know for the most part a media group who will <laughs> look at that and think, ah, oh, well, they won the NFC East last year, uh, even though they were seven and nine. Dallas was injured, and and not just injured, their number one guy, their quarterback. Uh, Dak Prescott out for the season, uh, but n- never mind any of that, because they won it last year, they should be able to win it this year. Despite the fact that even through that stretch, the team wasn't necessarily um, impressive in what they did. And I know you're, you're listening like, hey, this is Federal Football Report, Burgundy and Gold, why are you so down on the team? Because some of you guys need a dose of reality. And I'm going to put a spoonful of sugar to help this medicine go down a little bit later. But right now we need to focus on the medicine. They're not. They're not good. They won the NFC East last year simply because the Dallas Cowboys were hurt. I mean, that's, that that and, and as much as the Cowboys, I hated and I get it. I understand. Dak Prescott went to, and if you doubt, if you doubt at all, the difference that Dak Prescott makes with the Dallas Cowboys, you're seeing it this season. They're five and one. They beat a very matter of fact the Patriots. Bill Belichick outcoached the Cowboys yesterday. It was pure talent, and it was Dak Prescott that got them to win that game. The Cowboys don't have a better team than the Chargers. They have better talent, but team, they beat them. They beat the Chargers, okay? And so, and they're five and one. They're going into their break. They're feeling good. The Washington Football Team is not that okay. And so, so Dak's hurt last year. The Washington Football Team. And by the way, remember, and I say this all the time, there were quotes. By the current head coach who literally said earlier in the season there were there are more important things that we're trying to develop and work out right now than winning the football game. Remember there was a guy on this team named Dwayne Haskins, okay? And so and he was the starting quarterback once upon a time. Do any of you guys remember that? And so he was the starting quarterback, and as they're losing, the head coach says, Well, there are things we're trying to teach him and things we're trying to teach other people. And winning right now isn't top priority. I am not. It's not a direct quote, but that's basically what he said, that there are other things that we're focusing on and winning at that point of the game wasn't necessarily what we were thinking about. And so he wasn't even trying to win games. And when when that gets hurt and the Cowboys are struggling because it turned out that Andy Dalton was not the backup that they thought he should be, that it was like, wait a minute, we could actually win this division. And so they play as hard as they could to get to a seven and nine record. <laughs> Let's again, I'm just trying to put out I'm just trying to make sure that we have the right perspective for the expectations because you have all the expectations you want. But right. But perspective and experience, understanding helps your expectation. Okay, and so and so if we understand that this is what happened last year. It should help the expectation. All that to say that the team is pretty much where I thought they would be. Where were the, what were the losses? The losses were to the Chargers. You understand that. The Bills. You understand that. The Chiefs. You understand that. Uh, let's see. Uh, they beat the Giants in a last, uh, you know, in, in, in a last second field goal, uh, you know, where the Giants, uh, jumped off sides, um, you know, and the, and the Washington team still, uh, you know, kicked that field goal. You somewhat understand that, right? Although you would like to beat them by more than that uh and not leaving it up to chance but okay we get that so you got a week one loss to the charges close game but we understand that the charges are good that's one of the games that you like you know if the charges are who we think they're supposed to be they'll win that game right and then you get the win against the giants and so they're one and one lose against the bills who thought that they would beat the bills i didn't did you think that they would do that so now we're looking at one and two then you get the win against the Falcons. Of course we thought they'd beat the Falcons. They're 2-2. Two and two. Then you get a loss against the Saints, a toss-up game, a game that I wouldn't be surprised if they won, but depending on how Jameis Winston plays, you could see them losing that game. So a toss-up. They end up losing it. That's fine. They're 2-3. And, and then they lose against the Chiefs, 2-4. and four. Who's surprised? And the only reason I'm doing this is because after the game, we have to live with fans who will tweet Kevin at Stanfield. Kevin at Claude J. Radio and say, Oh man, we've got to fire this person. We got to fire that person. Chase Young isn't who we thought he was. The defense is supposed to be, oh, blah, 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 blah. They are right where any logical person thought they'd be. That's the good news. And if you, if, if you're smart and a smart fan, you'll just accept it. Okay. That they're exactly where a rat, cause here's the thing. You can like your teeth, like if if I think about the Wizards, I'm very optimistic about the Wizards heading into this season. I was very optimistic about the Wizards heading into last season, but the one thing that I understood, and by and, and not just basketball, but I think about golf. I love Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler met my son when my son was four and gave him a golf ball and 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 spoke to him during a tournament, and so I have. I have a soft spot in my heart for Ricky Fowler. However, I understand that I have a bias towards Ricky Fowler. I understand that I have rose colored glasses when it comes to the wizards. And so I understand if my projection or my expectation is out of sorts with their reality, I'm trying to help you come back in sorts with the Washington football team's reality. Okay. And so when you look at this two, uh, two and four record, they're exactly where they should be. They lost to the chargers. They lost to the Bills. They lost to the Chiefs. That's three losses that I think anyone would say, yeah, they're going to lose a game, those games. And then you throw in the Saints. A lot just depends on what Jameis Winston does. Jameis Winston played like Jameis Winston. He threw a lot of bad picks and he played very well as well. And the team lost that game too. They're two and four, exactly where you thought you, if you were reasonable and if you see them the way that they are, they're exactly where you thought they would be after six games. That's the sobering. That's the news that I'm trying to get into your heads to say: there's no need to panic. Don't worry about it. Okay. Here's the bad news: the next few games. <laughs> and that's and that's the bad news uh, because because again, and and this is looking through reality glasses, not the rose petal, rose colored glasses, not the most optimistic. Not I'm a fan, so I'm biased, but through regular lenses. On the twenty fourth. This upcoming Sunday, they play the Packers. Any fan who is just who who looks at things through reality would see that as a loss, and so you now you're looking at a two and five team. Then you got the Broncos, and the Broncos is basically like the Saints, where it should it's a game that you could win, but a game that you see that you know what could lose that game as well. A lot just depends on how the Broncos are playing, because, again, the same way Washington football fans could look at that Broncos game and say, hey, this is a chance for us to right the ship to get some things, uh, you know, right. To right some wrongs, the Broncos are looking at that game the same way. The same way where there are teams like the Saints or the Falcons, where we say those are get right games, the Washington football team is also a get right team for other teams, okay? And so we, we don't know what the, but just say best case scenario, they beat the Broncos and they're three and five. You then have the Buccaneers on November 14th. You got the bye week, but then you've got Brady and the Buccaneers, okay? do you think they're going to win that game? Then you've got the Panthers. They've been playing fine with Sam Darnold. but again, a game that's much like the saints, much like the Broncos. They could win it, but they are also a, a, the same way. We're circling the Panthers on the calendar as a get right game. They are circling it as well. The Seahawks. Yeah. Russ probably won't be playing, but they took the Steelers, you know, down to the wire, the Raiders. And we'll get into the whole Raiders watching the football. It is ironic that they didn't <laughs> play each other this year. And then you got a whole NFCE situation and it can go I- either way. So my whole point is, 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 is that you may want to be upset. You may want to focus in on your cornerbacks. You may want to focus in on linebackers. Yeah. You want to focus in on the defensive lines not playing as well as you thought they'd play. Uh, you may want to focus in on quarterbacks, whatever you want to focus in on. Go ahead and do it. But my point is they're not that great of a team. And more than likely, they were unrealistic expectations headed into this season. The only difference is, is that Dak Prescott is not hurt and the Cowboys are 5-1. If Dak's hurt, they don't beat the Patriots. If Dak's hurt, they don't, they don't slug that thing out and beat the Giants. Dallas could easily be 3-2 and two, instead of 5-1. 3-3. Three three. Or 2-4. and four. And the Washington football team could be right in there. And the only difference is one of your main players aren't hurt the way the Cowboys main player was hurt. And I get it. It's a dose of reality. You, you know, probably don't want to listen to the rest of the show. But I promise you, if you listen to the rest of the show, there'll be some payoff later on with our special guest. I promise you, you'll love it. But talk a little bit about Kevin. I also want to get into this whole Sean Taylor thing. I was tempted, to be honest with you. And I'll talk about it after the commercial break. I was tempted, actually, to not even talk football at all. This show and just talk about how the Washington football team fumbled. This whole thing with Sean Taylor, it's a very negative show, like not a lot of positive for the burgundy and gold. I will. I will. I will share some positive later in the show. I'll try to I'll try to drum up some positive stuff. Uh, But yeah, coming up in the next segment, we'll talk a little bit about Sean Taylor. I'm going to show Kevin uh, uh, share Kevin's thoughts as well. And then we'll have our special guest join us. Uh, here on the Federal Football Report. It is the Federal Football Report on Federal News Network, 1500 AM. Uh, you can hear it on the radio the day after the games, uh, and then you can hear it anytime you want to, 24-7, anytime, day or night, always on demand, uh, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to the Federal Football Report, 1500 a.m. on the radio, the days after the game on Federal News Network, and then anytime, day or night, 24-7, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Claude Jennings. I explained that Kevin Stanfield is not with us this week. Now, take note, I didn't say he's no longer with us. Now, he had a birthday and he is getting old, but hes it's not that he's no longer with us, he is. He's still with us on this earth, alive and breathing. He's just not with us this week. He'll be back next week. Talk about his birthday exploits in Vegas, or maybe he, he won't want to talk about his birthday exploits in Vegas. No, he'll talk about it. Kevin is an upright and righteous man. And uh, even Las Vegas cannot turn Kevin uh, Stanfield uh, into, uh, you know, one of those Vegas, uh, people who just leave things in Vegas that happens in Vegas, you know, what stays in Vegas stays unless you're an upright man like Kevin, who doesn't mind sharing what happens in Vegas. Uh, even in Washington, DC, when he gets back uh, from Las Vegas, better man uh, than most of us, uh, in, including me. So uh, let's see uh, the Washington football team, the Kansas city chiefs. I, I just spent all last segment talking about why this should not disturb you. You shouldn't be shocked. Uh, there's no need to panic and all that jazz, I'm not going to even, uh, like I said, I'm not going to talk about, you know, well, what did I see from the defense that makes me worried, and what did I see from the offense that shows me hope? And uh, I'm not going to do any of that stuff. I talked about the, the team in general. The game went exactly how I thought it would go. Um, as a matter of fact, they played better than I thought they would play in the first half. Uh, but Kansas city is also struggling. There's no need to even talk about that. The team's just not as good as most people thought that they were. They are playing right at where I thought they'd be. If you look at the schedule, who thought they'd, I, I don't want to revisit it, but you you didn't think they'd beat the Chiefs. You didn't think they'd beat the Broncos. You didn't think they'd beat the chargers. Uh, yeah, they lost to the saints that could go either way. So, so we, we see all that. Okay. So we, we, we got it. We got it. Here's what I want to kind of go to, uh, this Sean Taylor, uh, Jersey retirement. This, is more (laughs) cause for concern than the play on the field. The way that they went about it, the way that they went about this Sean Taylor, Jersey retirement is more cause for concern than anything we've seen on the field. For the Washington football team. The only thing that might be more cause for concern is Kevin Stanfield's thought on Sean Taylor. And I'll share a little bit of it, but he's got to come back to explain it. Cause I, I won't even be able to do justice to what he thinks or what he feels. So I'm gonna let him do it, but I'll share, you know, what he said to Rodney and myself at his birthday party, which almost made me and Rodney leave, to be honest with you. But we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, the way that they fumbled this, because it shows that as an organization at best, they are tone deaf at best. They don't get it. They don't get perception. They don't get the fans. They don't get Sean Taylor. They don't get the emotional, uh, hold that this team has on the city and on its fans. They don't get class. Uh, you know, they don't get timing. Um, they're not flexible that, that they are literally, living and walking inside their own bubble where the most important things in life are things that happen in Ashburn and newsflash to those guys. It's not important at all. Not at all. Not important at all. So, so, so here's why I say that. So when we look at this whole Sean Taylor thing, right in the Jersey retirement, number one, way too long should have been happened should have been happened first of all i don't even know why it's taking this long to do it and that's and that's the worst thing of it right that it should have already happened that that, that we're taking too long to do it fine um but it should have been happened that's that that's the first thing we should have we should have done this a long time ago period uh number 2 who heard about this who knew that it was going to happen uh is there a reason why and, and I'll get to there is a reason, but that's the next point. But a, 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 a jersey retirement of a player who meant so much to the organization. Now, I'll be the first to say that because of the tragic way his life and career ended, and I say life first on purpose because his life is way more important than his career, but the way that his life and career ended so tr- so tragically, so short, uh, with obviously unnecessarily. Um, but then you even think about the larger scope when it comes to, uh, you know, crime in, in, in our communities and, and, and no, at the time that the crime happened, he wasn't at any at risk community, but the fact that the tragic rate that crime for us as a black man happens to us from us, you know what I mean? Like there were so many different layers of the tragic, the, the tragedy that was the Sean Taylor's death. Um, and you can pull so much of it that, that the, in the, in, in the importance of it and how heavy it was, I would assume that there would be more talk, more fanfare, more promotion, uh, more advanced notice. You have a fan base that loved Sean Taylor. Um, he was probably the most Um, consequential defensive player since Daryl Green and that might even and even that might rub a little soft on people simply because Daryl Green's career was so long when I say Daryl Green I want to lump Daryl Green into into the boat with Charles Mann Dexter Manley and in that crew you know what I mean because his career was so long I mean he outplayed those guys but my point is is that Daryl Green, not Daryl Green, who played so long in his career, and he was with some of the new new age guys. I'm talking about that era of defensive plays. Like he was the, probably the most consequential. I mean, London Fletcher, absolutely. So you know, if you want to group this new this new group, I'm sure you can throw London Fletcher, Sean Taylor. I mean, but the mo- one of the most consequential since that time, right? And then you look back, and and, and and you're seeing this, and you're like, he deserves more because of what he meant to the fan base what he meant to the franchise and then how his life ended and his career ended and and, and the potential that we were robbed of. Right. And so you see all of this and you're thinking this should be a bigger deal. Right. So that's number one. But what adds insult to this whole situation is the fact that it comes on the heels of this John Gruden, Bruce Allen email thing where you've got the racism in it. You've got the misogyny in it. You've got all this other stuff in it. you got the homophobia in it. you got all this stuff in it that, that number one, John Gruden wasn't even the big fish. The investigation was of the Washington football team. And they just happened to see his emails to Bruce Allen in these. He wasn't even being investigated. The team, was being investigated. So all this happens, and then the Bruce Allen stuff, you know, and, and the emails to John Gruden comes out. Gruden then on that Monday uh, resigns from the Raiders and somehow just out of the blue, hey, we're gonna retire Sean Taylor's jersey this week. Really? Really? Suppose now suppose we suppose we believe the team, right? Suppose we believe them that they've planned for it to be this week. And they wanted to surprise the fan base. That's why they didn't say anything. And that Sean Taylor's family knew, even though his brother comes out on social media, at least Adam Schefter, who, by the way, Shefty is reliable and his sources always checks out. He's not necessarily fake news, as we do on this show, fake news or not. He's not fake news. He always reports the news. He says that the brother said, man, we had no clue until the week of. So I, I choose to believe Adam Schefter and the brother, uh, and the reporting on this, and not the team, because we've seen the team do shiesty stuff before. But anyway, um, let's see. Uh, so 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 Sean. So so they do this whole thing for for, for Sean Taylor, and, and we just find out about it. And this stuff happens with John Gruden, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know what? You know what's a good idea? Maybe we should retire Sean Taylor's jersey this guy's not still alive. They, they, they literally, and this is what it seems like. They take advantage of the fan bases and the football communities, community as a whole, love for someone whose life was taken way too short before he could live out his potential, whose life was taken, you know, not by a, a disease that he couldn't help, but by senseless violence, and they use it to try to be a distraction. They use it to try to distract people from what's going on. You know, and that's that's what happened. That's what happened. And and we get some, you know, apology from the GM. And he's like, oh, we were tone deaf. Oh, okay, da, 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 we apologize. And, and by the way, when I saw his apology, I accepted it. I said, you know what? Maybe you know. Maybe they didn't know. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it's a you know. Maybe, maybe he's right. Maybe maybe they they, they 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 it was poor timing, and and they looked at it and and didn't think to change it. But then Sean, but he said that the family knew about it, and then Adam Schefter reports that the brother didn't have any clue, and and he said the family didn't know, and so you're yeah, like. <laughs> You you, you do this, it's called out as tone deaf, and then you issue a fake apology. Knowing that the family didn't know. Unless you want to issue another apology and say, well, I was under the impression impression that the family knew, and so I just went ahead and and said that they knew, but that's because I thought that they did. I didn't know that they didn't. Not buying it. Not buying it. Not buying it. Uh, and, And by the way, a controversy that... Involved, you know, a white male who coached in the league, who coached black players, black young men, who also was a, a, an analyst, sending another email to a white male who's a GM. And they said disparaging things about people who knelt, you know, during the anthem, among other things. And then you use the death of a young black man who. <laughs> Honestly, what are we doing? What 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 are, what are we what are we doing? What are we doing? And I was so tempted to just make this whole show about that. But my wife said something to me that stood out during the weekend when I was talking about it and she was saying that because I was saying, man, if the if the team had any class, they wouldn't even do the um the the Jersey retirement. But she but she said something that stood out. She said, But you know, the fans don't have anything to do with it. The players don't have anything to do with it. And it's a fine line between punishing the, the players and the fans uh, versus this. I just wish that there was a way to punish the organization. I just wish there was a way. I joked around with my, eight, my eight-year-old son about the, when we were, we were up early watching the, um, the Jaguars in Miami game in London. I said what they should do to punish the football team is send them to London. And they're now the London football team. And then they just, but they have to come to the United States every week uh, to play, to to play a game. Uh, And and that's what their punishment is. But honestly, I mean, come on. Uh, We don't believe that, that, that story. We don't believe the apology. Um, There are so many good people working for that organization from the players to people in the front office who are really trying to be about change. Um, The last few years I had a chance to work on the radio with Julie Donaldson with Bram Weinstein uh, with d'Angelo Hall, and they're good people they're good people and and I felt so bad for some of the good people in that organization, like Julie. I was reading her tweet about it, and I felt so bad that she has to even spend time defending this I mean she could spend her time not doing it but but you know it's not her fault it's not and and, you know, her and, and if you got to go back, go back to a few episodes here on the Federal Football Report during the summer where Kevin and I had a chance to talk to Julie on the show where she's all about the fans and fan involvement and 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 making sure that the fans are back to being a part of this team. She she gets it. She gets it. And and the team, I mean, Bram, they get, you know, he gets it. They understand what's going on. They get it. And, and, you know, it's weird because imagine being part of a situation or an organization that you're trying to help change. And even you from the inside are blindsided by something, uh, but you're trying to work towards the greater good or longer term benefit. And so I just felt bad, but you know, this stuff, you guys can, you know, they, they, they can keep that. (laughs) They can, I mean, they can, you know, whatever I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to go there. But um, that's just my thoughts on that. Again, you can tweet Claude J Radio, um, at Claude J Radio, or you can tweet at Stanfield Kevin uh, for those thoughts. Now, for those who want to tweet um, at Stanfield Kevin, let me tell you uh, what Kevin said to to Rodney, our Giants correspondent, and myself at his birthday party that almost had us leaving, that birthday party. He said he uh, he believes Sean Taylor's a little overrated. I have no clue why he thinks that I don't get it. And you know, and <laughs> he says, there's just this legend that he feels like he just, that Taylor wasn't. And I'm like, did you watch him play Kevin? Did you, did, did you watch this guy? Uh, you know, have you seen, have you seen anyone in the secondary since he's left? Who's been anywhere as good as big, who hits his hard, who's as fast. What are you talking about? What are you talking about when it comes to Sean Taylor? And I, and, and, and I, and I was shocked. I, I mean, Sean, uh, so let's see. Rodney was there, myself, I was there, and, and a gentleman by the name of Dave was there. And we're all sitting around, we're talking, and I'm like, man, the, the team's really fumbling this Sean Taylor thing. And, and Kevin says, well, what do you mean by that? So I start to explain basically what I did the last, uh, you know, 10 minutes on the show. <laughs> and then Kevin says, you know what? I got a hot take. And it's going to, he said, people are going to hate me for this. He says, but, and I can't wait for him to come back. And maybe he'll tweet this out. He basically says he thinks Sean Taylor was overrated. And I don't get it. But what I will not do is, is, is argue the point because he's not here. He'll have to come back on the show and defend himself. The only thing that I ask you to do is not to cut off, not to turn the show off. Uh, Come back next week when Kevin is with us to hear his Vegas stories and to hear why he believes that. Now, here's the one thing I will say, and this may cause people not to like me anymore is that I do think that there is a thing where in death people are elevated in a way that they weren't when they were alive. And here's my, here's my point that when you talk, you look at hip hop and rap, you guys probably already know where I'm going with this, that Tupac and Biggie are known as or thought of period as the goats and no one even debates it for the most part. But I think that's the case because at the time that they were alive and in the prime, yes. And then because they were taken out so tragically, no one even talks about it or debates it. They're the goats. We don't even go there. And then we, there's like a secondary goat category. They don't include them overall. They're the goats. Then we go to others. When I think that there are others who are alive now who probably not probably who i think in my opinion better than they were in their prime and if they were alive today it would have proven out that these other rap artists were better but that's an argument for another day on another show another radio show another podcast on a different a different network um but so so i get kevin's argument in that But the problem is Sean was really, really, really good. Really, really, really good. And there was no reason to think that he wouldn't have been Hall of Fame caliber um, while he was alive and on the football team. So, you know, that's just what I think about that. You know, it's so disappointing to see what the Washington football team is doing and how they're conducting business. It's just not the way a team, um, you know, a professional team, you know, with class and with – the history that this team has. And here's the thing, you know, I remember growing up, you know, mid 80s, late 80s, early 90s, and watching this team when they were really, really good. And the pride that the city had in the team, um, you know, the, the fact that people who will wake up on a Monday morning and go to their jobs would go happier when the team was winning. When the team was winning Super Bowls, they were, remember the starter jackets. They'd wear their 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 Redskins starter jackets and their hats, and you know people you know high fiving and dapping on the train because the team is winning. Uh, and and if the team would lose, the, the week would be bad in the city. The week would be bad. The team ran the emotions of the city, and to see them not to see them now not even have their finger on the pulse of the city. To say we're not going to do the Sean Taylor thing this week because of the other stuff that's going on and not lie about the team, about the family knowing about this and stuff. His family deserves more than that. His legacy deserves more than that. The fans deserve more than that. The team deserves more than that. I don't want to keep going back and forth uh, on this thing. And so I'm going to leave it there in the, in, in honor of Kevin, not being here today, I'm going to do something that Kevin normally does. I'm going to film, uh, I'm going to review a film a review, review a movie that I have not seen. Kevin does this all the time. He reviews movies that he has not watched yet. I'm going to attempt to do the Kevin Stanfield and review Halloween kills, uh, Michael Myers, because I love horror films. And then when we come back, I'm going to do that, but then also have a special guest, or fake news or not. That's coming up on Federal News Network, 1500 a.m. on the radio at Federal News Network the day after the games. And anytime uh, you want to listen to the show on uh, any of your favorite podcast platforms, courtesy of Podcast One, I'm Claude Jennings in for Kevin Stanfield. uh, Rolling solo today, except the next segment. Going to have a special guest. And again, my apologies to Rodney Henderson. We talked about having him on the show to fill in for Kevin. Couldn't get it together with my schedule um, because it's all over the place. Uh, but we'll get him on on the next show whenever the Giants play the Washington football team. And the way the team got me feeling right now, I couldn't care less whether they win or lose. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit uh, next about fake news or not with my 8-year-old uh, uh, son, Manny. He's the special guest. And I will also review a movie that I haven't seen yet. On the Federal Football Report. Welcome back to the Federal Football Report, 1500 AM on the day after the games on the radio. That's Federal News Network. Anytime you want to listen, uh, on your favorite podcast platforms. I'm Claude Jennings, Kevin Stanfield out. He's in Las Vegas right now celebrating his birthday. Someone who was present at his birthday brunch, my eight year old son, Manny, who joins me now for fake news and not. Hey, Manny.
1: What's up guys?
0: And so you love fake news or not, right?
1: Yes, it is really funny and also <laughs> and it's also really <laughs> challenging trying trying to figure out the 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 answers that you want to say.
0: Yeah. Be yeah.
1: be because like after the show I, I'm I'm like, "Ooh, I just really, really want to tell Daddy and An answer, but I'm like, I can't think of one.
0: (laughs) All Right, well, the spotlight's on you. You're the star today. It's fake news or not. For those who are wondering what fake news or not is all about, I've got three statements about the Washington football team and Kevin. But now today, Manny's got to let me know whether it's fake news or not. These are his honest opinions. Now, because it's Manny, we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to do some football stuff, but we're also going to do some um we're going to do some uh, halloween themed stuff for fake news and now the first one just to warm you up is going to be halloween okay okay all right fake news or not the best candy when it comes to trick-or-treating for the most part is skittles
1: okay i would say news but okay. i but i can't eat skittles in- anymore <laughs> but i have in the past so i say true so 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 I say news
0: because Skittles are good. I mean yeah. they're fruity and and obviously a lot of the candy that has chocolate in it like the yeah. peanut butter cups and Hershey's,
1: M and M's, M and
0: M's. That stuff gets a really good wrap and that's fine. But you know uh, Skittles fruit. I mean you can do it throughout the year. You don't have to wait till Halloween like some of the other stuff. So yeah, I, I can feel you on that. That is definitely news. But your preference when you, there's no judgment here on the federal football report, whatever your preference is. It's fine. So good, good answer right there. I liked what you said. Pray as as for me, that, guys. <laughs> we're all praying for you during fake news or not. Now I've got a football question. Oh, about the crap. Washington football team. Okay? <laughs> okay. Are you ready? All right. Fake news or not. You let me know whether this is fake news or whether it's not. Chase Young and the defensive line for the Washington football team is not. The problem, despite the fact that they're barely getting any pressure for the most part, and they're getting a few say they get hot and cold, but they're not the problem. Yeah, fake news or not,
1: it's fake news, they're not the problem. Okay,
0: at all. okay, okay, because, so Okay, like, got it. Mm-hmm.
1: be they're not the problem, be 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 because, like, it, it just looks like, yeah, in the last game, they got two interceptions, mm hmm, but that was just because of 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 the of the ride receiver and the other one was because oh like tipping
0: the ball yeah of, of Patrick, Joe Patrick Mahomes yeah. and stuff
1: mm-hmm. like that but. They're
0: not the problem. Yeah. yeah, No, they're not. They're not the problem. I mean, listen, they're not necessarily getting home all the time to get to the quarterback, but they're putting pressure. And at some point, your cornerback's got to play. Your linebacker's got to step up. And so, no, you're 100% right that they're, they're, their defensive line is not the problem. The, I think the defensive line and the running backs are probably the strongest point for the team right now. Yes. And then obviously Terry McLaurin. And, I, yes. and, and 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 their receivers. I think I think the skill positions on offense, running back, receiver. And Taylor
1: Heineke, Yeah. Yeah. he's all right. He's all right. Yeah, he's all right. He's he's cool. But like, but like, but but like yesterday's game was kind of off for them. Be because the offensive line was was pretty good. Yeah, offensive line was
0: pretty. Not good as good, well. gonna lie. Mm-hmm.
1: Offensive lineman for for Kansas City was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they like, did job. but like, I feel like that it's the defensive. Um, coordinators fall for some reason.
0: Okay, listening to Kevin Stanfield, you and Kevin both feel like it's the defensive coordinators yeah. issue there. So yeah, yeah, maybe they're not the problem there. You got yeah, it.
1: but just like, but 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 just like you said, blame anybody. Yeah, blame anybody you want. <laughs> but I think it's it's the defense of coordinator.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. Last question, Manny, the eight-year-old, for fake news or. Uh, Not You had mentioned, are you doing, are you doing okay? (laughs) A lot of pressure here to try to fill in for Kevin Stanfield, right?
1: Definitely. definitely. Okay,
0: here we go. Last one for fake news or not. And I think we'll talk a little bit about the quarterback position because you had mentioned it later, uh, earlier with Tyler Haneke. I have mentioned that I believe he's a poor man's Tony Romo, that he doesn't have the skill (laughs) Tony Romo has. I don't think he has the football IQ that Tony Romo has. He's He's a level and a half down from Romo. Uh, And not that Romo is, you know, Hall of Fame caliber at his best, but he was serviceable and not necessarily the reason why the Cowboys didn't make a Super Bowl during his time. Uh, But Tyler Heineke, I could see a little bit of Tony Romo in him, fake news or not.
1: Okay, Daddy, I can't even answer that question because I haven't seen Tony, Tony Romo at all. So I will He's say never seen Tony Romo I will say IDK. I'll okay. say IDK.
0: Okay, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. So we're not sure whether that's fake news or not. You got to let us know. You can tweet me at Claude J Radio. Manny, thank you so much for that, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Bye, guys.
0: There you go. Eight-year-old Manny. He turns nine next month, uh, next week, excuse me, on October 30th, uh, as he, uh, on it. That's his birthday. We're going to be in Disney, um, for that. So as before we close, we're going to do a segment. Usually, again, that's Kevin doing fake news and not at least answering the questions. Manny filled in for him there. I'm going to fill in for Kevin reviewing a movie that I have not seen. Because that's what Kevin does. He started on the Tony Kornheiser show. He continues it here. And I now will pick up the mantle for Kevin. I'm going to review Halloween Kills. Uh, number one, because I love horror movies. I love Haunted Houses. I love all things Halloween. Um, and Michael Myers, the Halloween series. That's my favorite horror movie series. Now, I'm not into some of the new stuff. And, you know, even like some of the, the Conjuring. And and I'm sure they're fine but it's just that I like a a serial killer in a mask who you can't kill, and he jumps out of nowhere with a knife. Like, that's the kind of stuff I like. I like Jason. I like Freddy Krueger. I like Michael Myers. Uh, I'm cool with Chucky and Child's Play. You know, Candyman is fine. Just give me a scary person that jumps out of nowhere with the mask on. So anyway, uh, when, it, so with this new iteration of Halloween here, here, here's what happened. So when we last saw Michael Myers, he was in a basement where the grandmother who was his sister and her daughter, who's obviously his niece. And then the granddaughter, who I guess is his great niece and the daughter and the and the and the uh and, uh and the granddaughter didn't believe that the mother should have done all that stuff to you know be ready and protected they find themselves in a basement michael myers is hit he falls down the stairs they run up the basement of course he grabs the mom's leg she's screaming they kick him off of her and then he's trapped in the basement and they set the basement on fire it seems like the movie starts from that standpoint where the house is on fire and they say there's no way he walks out of this house And of course, he walks out of the house because he's Michael Myers, right? And then it gets to the point where where it seems like she is. He 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 gets out the house. Maybe didn't know that he made it out. He starts killing some people, and then she says, "I'm going to haunt him. him, I'm going to hunt him down myself, or something like that, something along those lines." You've seen the previews, and I've seen them. It's the only thing that I've seen of the movie, but I'm going to preview it anyway. So he says. So they say they're going to that they're going to. She says she's going to hunt him down. Uh And then it seems like in a weird twi- twist of events, the whole city says that they're going to hunt him down now that he's been, he's been hunting us for 40 years. And now we're going to hunt him and bring this to an end, which always seemed like a good idea to me. You know, you had the whole city, you had, you know, the police department, everybody uh, knowing that this guy's on the loose and they say, everybody stay separate and in your homes and stay away from this guy. Why do I say, why don't all, you know, 600 of us, Get together and chase him down, and we'll all kill him together. So it seems like they try that in this movie. Now, how does that whole thing work out? I don't know. I didn't see the movie, but but here's what I promise: that I will come back by the next time we do Federal Football Report because sometimes it's, you know, the Washington Football Team is a horror movie all by itself, uh, and, and 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 so I'll review that horror movie. But then I will also review Halloween Kills. After seeing it, but it seems like they're going to join together and forces and not run from him and stay separate in each other in in, in their own houses where they can be picked apart, like like sitting ducks by Michael Myers. They're all going to try to attack him. But something says to me, he's going to kill a lot of people. They're going to come after him. Someone who you don't expect to die will die uh, close to the end. And then they will somehow they'll have victory over him. But that victory will be short lived. They will feel like they killed him. And in fact, the movie may end with you thinking they killed him, but but they won't. Or his evil spirit will transfer to someone else. That's what will happen. Or they think that they will kill him, but it wasn't him. It was someone else in his mask. But we won't know until the next one comes out. So that's the one thing I will predict for sure without seeing this is that there will be another one following this. I just don't know what that plot will be, because, again, I hadn't seen this movie, Manny's got one more thing he's going to say before we close the show. Manny, you've got a few seconds. Let's go. We're already over time. Let's go.
1: Um. So, my my Michael Myers, right? Mm-hmm. He's basically like he's basically the main scariest.
0: Mm. Hmm. He's scary.
1: He's basically the next Jason or something like that.
0: Yeah, but see, yeah. I like him more than Jason. I like yeah. him more than Jason. Yeah. he's good. He's Be,
1: good because because the Jason movies are basically over now. Yeah they haven't made one in a very long
0: time. Well, they did, yeah, they did the whole Jason versus Freddy and Jason out of space. That's that's when you start getting goofies. And so anyway, I'll make sure that I review that movie. Kevin will review his trip to Vegas and his birthday uh, on the next show. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Federal Football Report, a therapy session for me. Hopefully it was a therapy session for you uh, frustrated and aggravated Washington football team fans. Uh, and uh, yeah, man, we'll catch you guys next week after the Green Bay Packers. You know, I didn't see that game yet because it hadn't happened, but I'm going to predict The Green Bay Packers will beat the Washington football team (laughs) because that's what happens. They're a better team, and Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk next week.